Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. In case you missed it, those three guys, Danny, Danny, and Craig, have their own show on FanDuel TV. It will be running throughout the NFL season, and it will be on Friday. So if you're a fantasy football guy, drafts are on the way. They're coming up. They made a beautiful fantasy football guide. If you've been kind of checked out, it's go check that out. They, they have all the stats and things that you need for a PPR league or whatever you're into. Um, but yeah, those guys got a TV show on FanDuel TV. It's going to be on Fridays. I just had Danny Heifetz on Through the Ringer on Monday's show, so go check that out. Shout out to those guys. Proud of them, and uh, excited to tune in for the rest of the year. And now let's get into One Shining Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we are back. And by we, I mean myself and producer Kyle. It is great to finally get everyone on the same page. And Kyle, I know he had a great vacation in Poughkeepsie. We'll talk about that. But it's nice to have OSP settled. Kyle, man, we're pouring one out for him. He's in Sweden right now. But today, we have my guy BJ Armstrong coming on the show. BJ is going to talk about Team USA and just some big picture basketball thoughts. You know what I mean? We're in the dog days of summer. Not too much going on. BJ's always down to talk, always game to get inside the game. And we're going to bring him on and let him just kind of go off as best we can. I also asked him about Michael Jordan. I tried to get a Michael Jordan story out of him. He will not talk about Michael Jordan in front of a microphone. That is just a fact. Uh, he will talk around it all day, but we'll, we'll, you'll get to that. Uh, at the top of the show, again, we promised a special guest. The special guest will be at a later date to talk about directly dealing with conference realignment, more specifically the Pac-12 debacle. Um, it will not be today because of some schedules conflicting. Um, but in general, we're going to have that episode at a later date. So it'll be myself while BJ Armstrong will get up to speed with Kyle and we'll do some fun shout outs at the end. Uh, Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? Yeah, not only did I not go to Spotify intro days, but your boy is banned. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. Out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. It is Thursday. It is August 17th, and I am in my home studio in Los Angeles, California. And the special guest on today's show that I've been teasing for about a week is not going to be here. Um, Unfortunately, we had some scheduling conflicts come up. Um, The special guest will be on the show. We are figuring out what that looks like. So instead of that, we are going to pivot. Um, which was the original name of this podcast way back in the day. We're going to pivot to 
Our guy, BJ Armstrong, famously came on this show once upon a time and called me a genius. If you call me a genius, I'm a sucker. I'm easily swooned. And he is uh, he's also been, you know, my basketball mentor of sorts. So he's going to come on the show. We're going to frame it like this because BJ, he loves to talk. And uh, sometimes we get lost in the sauce a little bit. But this is going to be story time with BJ Armstrong. He's got so many stories. He doesn't know what to do with them. We had the Hall of Fame this weekend. BJ's got stories about Dwayne Wade, about Dirk Nowitzki, about Greg Popovich. We'll tap into that world a little bit. But but before all that, I wanted to welcome back our real special guest, which is our producer, the great Kyle Crichton. Kyle, it is so great to see you. It has been a long, long winter without you. I know you had a great vacation in Poughkeepsie. Please tell the people what you've been up to while we scratched and survived here at OSP. Oh, you know, just been, you know, child of uh, divorce. So I got two parents that live in 20, 30 minutes away from each other. Just, you know, yeah. barefoot in the yard. Beers <laughs> at 11 o'clock. Uh, what are we doing today? Turns out not as many day drinkers at Poughkeepsie as there are in L.A. So, wow, uh, you know, it's it's more sad than fun when you show up at like two. Well, you people know? work on the East Coast. And I think yes. this is a common misconception <laughs> yes. when people come to Los Angeles. All my friends from North Carolina, New York, wherever they come from, when they come to L.A., they say, what is your plan for today? And you say, well, I got this, I got that, I got to run to the dry cleaners. And they're like, don't you go to work? It's like, it's a recording schedule. Here and there, here and there. Yeah, <laughs> right. And different people have different recording schedules. There's a whole lot of creatives out here. So I feel your pain. When you go back to the East Coast, you realize people are waking up at 5.30 a.m. and they're going to work eight hours, nine hours a day. No stop. You know what I mean? And that's why we respect the East Coast. Yeah, and then when I'm when I'm in, you know, the spot that I was like, you know, I remember going in there on like Saturdays and in, in, in the day. That's that's different. It's different than Tuesday. And then it's just fucking, you know, Michael from Pauling, who's this, this is the only this is the only bar that's open at this time. And it's right. it's just sad. So um, I didn't I didn't do too much of the day drinking uh, at bars. But um, and and honestly, I took a couple of days off too, just no drinking. So that was uh, it was good. Uh, I didn't barely lit, left the town. I went to somebody's housewarming party in Long Island and that was about it. Um, and, uh, 10 days, 10 days was not enough. It was, it was perfectly the right amount of time. I don't know too long, but it was all, it was all those things. So that's uh, how home is, right? Like the first, you get like a 24 hour, you know, butterflies in your stomach. It's great to be back. Everything seems great. You're like, Oh, I remember doing this. You're reminiscing. Nostalgia is playing its part. And then as the days went on, you're like, man, these are long days. Um, and you know, you get to day six, day seven, you're almost going crazy. You're like, do I live here again? Am I back here? What's my purpose in this society? Um, you're completely thrown for a loop. So I get that. I think a lot of people at home are probably wondering since you were in New York, did you see Jim Cunningham? He's kind of like the Bigfoot of this program. Uh, the last time I talked about him, I said, throw him away forever. Uh, I think he was upset. About that. We <laughs> yes. do have an appreciation for him. Of course. Did you see Jim at all? Or did you avoid him? I Jim Cunningham, Jim Cunningham. Actually, oh, yeah. I hit him with the, with the sneaky Jim. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were making all all sorts of plans. By the way, I I told you I didn't leave Poughkeepsie except for that one thing. I made plans to go everywhere, and mm -hmm. I didn't do any of them. I was supposed to go up to visit my buddy in Syracuse, uh, Jim. I knew Jim was never going to come up up to Poughkeepsie from you know where he is in like Westchester. I think your wedding um, was the one time Jim appearance in Poughkeepsie. I well, think because it wouldn't have happened if he didn't show up. So that was right. like that was the, the stakes were high enough, I think, and he got to be the center of attention. Exactly. Uh, you know. The only thing that maybe would have been better is if he was able to like pull out his guitar and play one of those songs that he puts up there. But yeah, I'd made like several plans with him and I just, honestly, I just didn't answer him either too. Or he was, I think one day he was like, he texted me, he's like, you better be fucking dead <laughs> because I think I didn't, I didn't answer for like two days. And 
Uh, I'm sorry about that, Jim. It wasn't to get back at you, but if it because it was you, I don't feel as bad as if I did it to someone else. Sometimes it's nice when the foot's on the other shoe a little bit, and uh, Jim deserves to feel that feeling, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know he's earned it over the years, so that's okay. We're, we're happy to hear that. Also, you mentioned places that you didn't go. You were supposed to go to Sweden, um, so yes. shout out. Um, you were supposed to be with the the Ringer crew over in Sweden. If you follow any of the Ringer personalities and people of consequence. They're, you know, for the majority of the part, they're over there in Sweden right now. Our guy Kyle Mann is over there right now. So uh, you could have been in that group, but you said, no, I'll go to Poughkeepsie. I'll get a little I'll get a little home time, a little stoop time. You're a big stoop kid. So you're stooping yeah. in Poughkeepsie. And uh, and, you know, we here at One Shining Podcast, we were confused because I was like, can I can I go on one of the two? I would have come with you to Poughkeepsie at this point, um, you know, because there was nobody here to cover. Uh, everyone was in Sweden. I was trying to work recording schedules on Swedish time. And uh, when you texted me yesterday, buddy, I'm back. I, I honestly, it, it felt like a long national nightmare. It ended. And uh, <laughs> I hope our listeners feel the same way because we needed the energy. We needed the uh, consistency. And it felt, it felt a lot longer than 10 days on this end. I'll just say that. And uh, it's nice to have you back. Yeah. And thanks to Saruti. He tried. He actually got me a way that I could have gone to Sweden. I think we were like four or five days into the trip. I had already canceled the hotel and he was like, you can, if you, I, he's like, on, he's, he's got like some contact in the government, some guy with a government emails, like tell him he could come down today or to, as early as today or tomorrow into Stanford, Connecticut, which was where I was planning to go before I did all this, but right. I just canceled my hotel and I probably could have redone everything. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Once I, once I like canceled the hotel, it was sort of like, a big exhale just happened. I was like, all right, I don't have to do the, that part of the travel. And so uh, I just said, I just said, yeah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the next question, because, you know, I was perusing and talking to some of the people that are involved in the processing here. And I talked to the people that weren't able to make it in August. One of our producers on Through the Ringer, Danny Corral, is one of those guys. And he said, yes, but now I'll be going in March. And then my wheels started spinning and I said, oh, my God, are they going to send? Are you going to be in Sweden during March Madness? No. Fun fact, buddy. I'm banned now. Now I'm banned. uh, I got an email today that said, yeah, thanks for letting us know that you're not here, even though it already started. Great. Uh, And uh, because you're a 2020 hire, because that's where they bought us, um, you you can't be at any more intro days thing. So this was my last chance. I'm out. So they can't. I just I sidestepped uh, Swedish jury duty somehow. Wow. So no, no intro duty for you. So you're good. We're, we're clean and clear from not only am I good, I'm banned. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Honestly, they probably could have just said like, you're good. Yeah. Not to say you're banned. That's like a little aggressive, but I think their wording was a little nicer, but you know, it was like corporate speak for banned. If it was lost in translation, that's what we can (laughs) say. Whatever word they used, it was supposed to be like, you're set here. They're they're saying you're set. And then they said you're banned. And, uh, (laughs) You, we don't know if it's a blip or a bomb, but it seems like uh, all things are good. All right. Well, that makes me feel a lot better because, like I said, once I started asking around, there were different people that I, I didn't even know. They were like popping their heads out going, yeah, I'm going to March. Oh, yeah, I'm going to March. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, I should probably flag this <laughs> ASAP because March Madness is not going to move months. Um, and I'm glad you're going to be in the States. That's good because college basketball the wheels keep churning. Uh, more stories are coming out by the day. John Calipari's back, in case you missed it. I mean, he's everywhere. He's letting people know. Um, the big story in the Battle of the Brands, one of my favorite uh, you know, little benchmarks that we have here at this program, Kobe Bryant's daughter, Gigi, 
um, you know, was it was supposed to be the the future of women's basketball. Such a star, such a tragic story. But his other daughter is in tr- is in control of the Mamba brand, and uh, she went to Kentucky, and uh, Kentucky is now officially a Kobe Bryant school. Um, so they will be wearing Nike Kobe Bryant shoes. They are officially the Kobe school. North Carolina is the Jordan school. Kentucky is the Kobe school. A lot of people are trying to say, what is Duke going to be now? Because Duke tried to claim Kobe for all these years. Now Kentucky takes Kobe away from them. Huge win uh, in the battle of the brands for Calipari. Uh, Cal's guy of the week is, uh, you know, the Bryant family uh, for making this possible and getting the brand back to Lexington. But um, I think the biggest battle on the horizon that we have to keep an eye on now is the battle for the LeBron James brand. Uh, Ohio State currently has it. They have the Ohio, they have the crown on their jerseys. They say they're a LeBron school. Duke, they may pivot to LeBron. Coach K has said he's one of his favorite players uh, that he has coached in his career. Also wants us to think that he went to Duke. So maybe Duke gets in the mix. Also USC, Bronny playing at USC, hopefully, fingers crossed. And, you know, they're going to be the mix. So we got three schools right now. Um, to figure out who will be the LeBron school. And and maybe there's a team that we're not even thinking about. Maybe Oregon is one of those teams that uh, gets in the mix. So that that's the update in the Battle of the Brands. Kobe Bryant and, and his legacy will live on through the Kentucky Wildcats. Great for Devin Booker, who was a big Kobe guy himself. Really bad for Jason Tatum, who's also a very big Kobe guy and uh, will not be able to wear Kobe's um, unless they have Kentucky Wildcats attached to it. So it might be good uh, if you're a Kentucky fan and a Celtics fan, you may say to yourself, there's a chance, Jason Tatum. Uh, he's wearing Kobe's and uh, slyly supporting the Kentucky Wildcats. So that was a fun story that I saw. I thought that was a, a cool little update uh, in the world of Nike. Nike just owns everything, so now it's all splintered up about who goes where and what happens. So that's its own uh it, that's his own conversation. Um, that that was a big story. Again, we were going to talk about conference realignment with someone who's dealing with it day to day right now. And the reason he's not on the show is because they're having meetings uh, about this. They're they're talking through what Washington State, what the the Pac four is going to do moving forward. So, um, if you so were, is that what we're down to? We're down to four. I mean, I was going to ask you off air, but fuck it, we need a couple more minutes before we throw a break. So. Uh, can you just catch me up to speed and maybe anybody else? Well, we had Eamon Brennan on the show on Monday, and uh, Eamon and I went through this. But basically, yes, there were there were 12 teams in the Pac-12. Which yes, is that makes a lot of sense. Yes, now there are four teams in the Pac-12. California, Oof. Berkeley, um, which I have been told by someone close to the program that Berkeley is so deep in the weeds right now, they're considering getting rid of athletics as a whole. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> they just, they might not even play sports anymore. Um, they are literally going to take their balls and go home, uh, which I, I kind of respect. Stanford is still in the pack four. Washington state, the Cougs, they're still in the pack four and Oregon state, the Beavers still in the pack four. And there was reports that Notre Dame was trying to get the ACC to, um, accept and uh, put an invite out to Stanford and Cal. Four schools in the ACC said no to that. Uh, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and North Carolina State, they all say nay. We don't want Stanford. We don't want California. Um, there's a lot to be read between those lines because a lot of people think those four schools are angling to go to the SEC. So uh, who knows what kind of collu- It's a lot of collusion, Kyle. But at wow. this point, the Pac-4 there's conversations they may try to reach out to the American conference and take all the teams from the American and they do a merger. We love mergers uh, where the American and the Pac-4 become the new version of the Pac-12. Uh, the Mountain West is also 
they're pretty much putting their foot in the ground and saying, we're the Mountain West. We don't care about your teams. And also San Diego State, goodbye. So the Pac-4 could be the Pac-5 if they add San, San Diego State. They could be the Pac-6 if they add Gonzaga. The Big 12 is saying to the world, we want to be a basketball conference too. We think there, there is a market inefficiency there. We're going to lean into basketball. Obviously, bringing Arizona to play Kansas every year in conference is going to be great for the Big 12. So th- they're, a, they're a pass ahead for the Pac-12 or the Pac-4, um, depending on what they try to do. But they all look pretty murky, and uh, it's, it's pretty much the worst-case scenario for Bill Walton because Bill Walton, oh, his, yeah. son, his son Luke goes to Arizona. They're already in a different conference. They're in the Big 12. His alma mater, UCLA, is in a different conference. They're in the Big 10. So now you have Arizona, UCLA. They don't even play each other, even though that's probably the best rivalry we have on the West Coast right now. Um, some people argue the Arizona isn't on the West Coast. They're on the West Coast, okay? They're definitely on the West Coast. So um, I'm going to miss that rivalry. I'm going to miss that game. It's going to hurt Bill Walton's heart. And uh, I, I just don't know where we go from here. And I think a lot of people are being rude to Oregon State and Washington State. Washington State has diehard fans. Um, they had one of the best college game day atmospheres ever with Mike Leach, Gardner Minshew, a great moment, Pac-12 after dark, in case you missed it, great times. Uh, also, Oregon State, they dominate baseball. They won back-to-back national championships 05-06. They have a great baseball program, better than Oregon. So disrespect to Oregon State and the Beavers. I don't like to see it. Cal Berkeley, Jason Kidd played there, in case you forgot. Um, show some respect to Berkeley and their basketball program. Also, the band on the field with Stanford and Berkeley, right? Right, right. And then you, and then it's Stanford, who every time that they have one of these collegiate cups, you know, that the NCAA puts on, Stanford wins. Um, and, and it's because they won national championships in fencing and rowing and everything else. But... Hell, if it's not impressive, because they do it every single time. And uh, I don't, I mean, in, the, in their basketball program, Jared Haas, he seems like he has a lifetime contract, and they get one token five-star every single year. So um, Stanford has value. I think those four teams have value. It's really sad. And the fact that Oregon and Washington left their state schools behind, it's not cool. I don't like it. Um, and it's not fair to Washington State or, or Oregon State. And if you are a fan of the Apple Cup, which is Washington versus Washington State, this is like big in the state. There, there is lines drawn in the sand. People, they, they get fired up about this. Washington says they still want to play the Apple Cup, but it was a conference game. Now it's, you know, you got to go out of your way to schedule it. And who knows what happens at the Apple Cup? Um, and it's a big problem in the state of Washington and the PNW right now. So, the Pac-4, that's the update. Oh they, they're they're at a loss. Um, it sounds like uh, the Pac-4 is like uh, guys who forgot to sign up for their dorms and it's about to be syllabus week. And they're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys doing over there? You guys got room in the house? Is that a big closet? Can I fit the Pac-12 woke up exam week and was like, oh, my God, I was in this class. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have missed every day of class. <laughs> And they have an exam. They're just writing the best email ever right now, about right. to fire it off. They they were convinced they had 14 hours. They had 17 hours, and uh, it is over with. They are going to fail, and uh, it is not going to be good. Also, Florida State, they were threatening to leave the ACC. It's official. The deadline is passed. August 15th was the deadline for them to put in their notice to the ACC that they're going to leave. Turns out it was all talk, um, but who knows what happens in the next year as they try to figure out what they're going to do. They're probably going to try to get some of these other schools, North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, NC State, whoever it may be, to jump on the bandwagon and try to get out of the grant of rights. But as I said on the last episode, the grant of rights is quote-unquote ironclad. My brother's a lawyer. He says <laughs> it's ironclad. 
Um, every lawyer you talk to says it's ironclad. I didn't even know they could write agreements because I know two words that can get you out of any agreement. It's called force majeure. Um, and I don't know why <laughs> anyone hasn't used the force of the majeure. I don't know who the majeure may be, but someone should reach out to them because uh, that is the only, I mean, UCLA did it to Under Armour. They got out of a $300 million deal. Finesse of the century. We love to see it. Use your force majeure ACC if you have to. Um, but yeah, that's the update, Kyle. Big Pac-12 update. It's dead. It's well, over. I hope, I hope Florida State stays uh, with you because I've decided I'm going to be a Florida State football fan this year going forward. Nice. I'm going to stick with St. John's basketball. So it'd be nice if we could wow. be in the same conference for football at least, you know. I think, uh, by the way, North Carolina plays UConn, the national champs, December 5th in Madison Square Garden. I think that you and I should be at that game. And I think that we also should piggyback, you know, a Rick Pitino, Madison Square Garden, St. John's game. And yes. that's week. Okay. I think that's that's my big pitch, because with Maui, I mean, I talked about it at the end of, of last episode, obviously thoughts and prayers to everyone. Yeah. in Maui. Do- donate to the right parties and the right people. Um, do your research, do your Googles. Um, but that that whole scenario, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, Asheville's at the start of the month, but the, the schedule is more open probably for us, Kyle and OSP. So maybe we go to New York and make a week in New York OSP in NYC. Maybe we try to get Patino on the show. I don't know. I mean, he did five star. He told me some of the funniest stories I've ever heard. He said he, he started coaching basketball cause he wanted to coach, um, in Hawaii because he loved Hawaii five Oh, still the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's great. And he meant it seriously. And he, he was like, this is not a laughing matter. I don't know why you laugh. <laughs> Nothing's funny. Um, so I think we could do that. That would be fun. Um, and I like those two fan bases, right? Florida State, you know, they're here to FSU. And that's literally what their mantra is with the ACC. They're like, we're going to fuck shit up. Um, we're going to make we're going to make some noise here um, and see what happens. So and Leonard Hamilton, we love, right? I mean, we love, and I don't feel like I'm bandwagoning anything. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Patino, but he hasn't really done anything there yet. So it's just, just sort of betting on a, on the, on the six horse or something. It's not like, uh, it's not like, a, it's not like it's Tom Brady over there or something. So uh, I, it, I like my choices. It's good to invest now because if Deion Sanders miraculously is really good at Colorado, Florida State will. will figure it out. <laughs> like they will figure it out. They will get him down to Tallahassee ASAP and. Then you're going to be like, I've been a fan, right? And you got yes. family there, so it's locked in. The ACC, at least for this year, will be good. Uh, ACC football uh, coming soon. You got Drake May, my North Carolina Tar Heels, I think the best quarterback in the country. Jordan Travis, FSU, that team is a national championship caliber team. Apparently, that's what the that's what the people are saying. And then Clemson is always going to be good. So the ACC will be fun. Even Syracuse football, right? For all the New Yorkers out there that are listening, they might be interesting. Harry. Against all odds, Harry, uh, he he's going to be locked in on Syracuse football. I do want to talk a little bit of, about college football this year, you know, just at the end of episodes. So we don't have to we don't have to dig too deep. Uh, maybe Van Lathan comes on. He tells us about LSU. He does like a whole little history lesson for us. We'll figure all that out. But uh, yeah, that's the top of the show. Again, if you were here for the special edition, um, that episode will happen at a later date. This is just going to be a fun episode. Kyle's back. He's the real special guest today, and now. He's about to be on the line. He's about to join us. He is the great BJ Armstrong. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. 
Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Joining us now on One Shining Podcast, you've heard him before on the show. He is a true friend of the program. He is the great BJ Armstrong. BJ, how's it going, man? Tate, it's going good. Summer's coming to a close. You know, now that means the NFL is right around the corner. Yeah, you got your lion shirt on. I, I got my lion that. shirt yeah. on. You know, I'm feeling really good. You know, you and I are talking a little football before <laughs> the show started. So I, I, I'm feeling very optimistic right now about uh, my my Detroit Lions and uh, and moving forward as we head into the fall. Yeah, I love that your coach, Dan Campbell, said that he doesn't feel a weight. He feels wind beneath his wings when they talked about the expectations mm. for the Lions. I thought that was a bar. You're, you're a man who respects anybody that can drop a bar on somebody. And I heard Dan Campbell say that. And I said, that's going to warm the hearts of the people of Detroit, especially my guy, B.J. Armstrong. So I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're just as fired up as he is. You know, Tate, we only have one playoff win in my whole life. So <laughs> and, and so I've, I, 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 I've heard it all. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I, I felt it all. And uh, sounds good. However, season starts here pretty soon. So let's let's get this thing started. And, uh, you know, they can show me better. They can tell me, you know, uh, us Detroit fans, we're, we're tough on our Lions. We love our Lions. I love the Lions. But it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. It's been tough, but it sounds good. Sounds good. I, You know what else sounds good? Because I want to talk about this team. It sounds good that Grant Hill, who's in charge of uh, Team USA this year, putting the team together, he said, I'll take our guys against any other guys. Uh, I saw that in a press conference the other day. You and I have talked about over the years about how college basketball, NBA basketball, and FIBA basketball, yes, they are the same sport, but they are three different games completely. Mm-hmm. And you have to have different skill sets to thrive in each game, whether it be college, whether it be the NBA, whether it be FIBA. And FIBA is a whole different animal. This is a very young Team USA. Um, and they played the select team early on. And Cade Cunningham looked great against these guys. There's a lot of conversations about that. I want to ask you about that a little bit later. But in the, in the showcases so far, Spain was a test on Sunday. But USA has survived. They've been able to win games, and they've been out, been able to close games. What are your first impressions of this team, USA? Because it does feel like a new regime is kind of running, um, and it really is with Grant Hill. Well, you know, take watching international basketball now for the last thirty plus years. It's it's obvious to me every year. You keep saying this, you know the 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 gap is getting closer and you know, closer and closer as far as the quality of play of the teams. You know, Tate, now you have to say the following. I can't recall recently, I'm, I'm sure if I really thought about it, but when you're talking, I was thinking, I was like, this may be the first time where the USA doesn't have the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, that's reserved now for like Luca. Right. If they okay. played, they played Slovenia already, but Luca did not play. He just rested. But if Luca plays for Slovenia, like you said, he, he's, he's, the, best he's the best. He's the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so now I'm looking at this, and as I'm watching them, and, and I tell you what, I like about their team. I like their. I like their age. I like the fact that this is a group that, as a collective group, you can tell a lot of thought went into this. Is they really are going in with a very inexperienced team and they're saying we're just want to go in and play and we're going to win with our depth. You can, you can, it's obvious 
And, and I respect that, right? You, you, you play to the strengths of your team. And they don't, and I say they, the United States doesn't have the best player on the floor. But what they do is they have the best group on the floor. And they have en- enough young guys, even though they're not, they, they collectively as a, as a unit, they are not a very experienced group playing international basketball in the rules. They are a team that's very coachable. They're young enough. They can play and, and utilize the full length of the court and they can just come in waves. So I think that is the strength of this team. And I think when you look at their team, you go, they're, they're the best group from, you know, one through 15 or whatever the, the numbers on the team. However, you know, as you start getting into, you know, tactics, strategy, the, the nuances of the game, this is going to be very t- difficult for them. So I, I would not be surprised if they weren't able to win the gold medal. However, I like this team though. And what I like about this team is I, I, I like the way they play. I like, the, I like the style in which they're playing. They're getting up defensively. They're doing a lot of different things. However, Tate, it's going to be very difficult for this group to dominate like we are accustomed to thinking when we think of basketball internationally. They're not going to dominate. Now, do they have an opportunity to win? Yes. Do they have the best team? I still think they have the best team. But this game, and when you start watching the game, you got to look at the strategy because normally the best player can dictate some level of flow within the game. And that may be reserved for other countries now, having the best player. But I like this team. I like this group. I like what Coach Kerr is doing with their team. I I, I think Grand Hill is correct. They're going to be very competitive. And we'll see how it turns out, you know. I, 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 but I would not be surprised now because, you know, these other countries, they've caught up. I mean, the players are better. This is truly a global game now. I don't look at it like I used to think, well, USA is, we're better. No, now let's just see the teams. Let's see how it plays itself out. But I think it's going to be very competitive, very entertaining, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the last time that we played in the World Cup, we finished in seventh. So, I mean, that already says something about where USA kind of stacks up. And in the Olympics, you have Kevin Durant, who goes back to the simple, basic math of, do you have the best player on the court? And in the Olympics, they had Kevin Durant. So the answer was yes. And the Olympics prior, you know what I mean? You just go back all the way to 2008. Yes, you had Kobe Bryant. So you had the best player on the court. 2012, you had LeBron James. You had the best player on the court. So every single time, the USA, when they've won at the highest level, they have that simple, basic math of do you have the best player? And I think that's why people are fascinated with this group because like we talked about, is it Anthony Edwards? You know, is it Mikel Bridges? Is it Brandon Ingram? Um, And then the guy that fascinates me the most, and he's pretty much been pointed to as the leader of this group, and you're the guard guru, BJ, Jalen Brunson. What do you like about Jalen Brunson's game and how it translates into the FIBA game? Because he does have that toughness. And a lot of times it's nice to have that in your backcourt. Well, what you have to love and respect about, you know, a player like Jalen Brunson, he is he knows how to play. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I mean it, it's clear he knows the game. And when I say he knows the game, he understands angles. He understands tempo. He understands when to pass and when to shoot, which is the most difficult thing for any guard. He has leadership. And the fact that, you know, he 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 works at his game. He knows how to move the ball ahead. He just knows how to play. Now, when you look at his game 
and you start evaluating his game, you start saying, well, he's not the fastest. You know, he doesn't jump the highest. You know, he, he's got a terrific handle, but he may not have the best handle, right? You know, you know, you don't think of him up there with, like you say, Steph Curry, Kyrie. But when you put the combination together, you know, he's not the strongest guy, but, you know, he can bump you off a little bit. You know, he may not have the best crossover and all those things. He may not shoot the best. But when you put it all together, you go, Sky is just, you know, he, he, he's, he's a bucket. He's a problem. Mm-hmm. He plays screen role. And the thing you, you got to love about his game is he's left-handed. And left-handers, especially in traffic, they're really good at finishing because, you know, you don't see too many guys who are left-handed who can finish. And the ones that you do see that can finish, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like a, it, it's a difficult thing for bigs because they're used to blocking shots with their left hand. And all of a sudden now they got to change up for, for this player. And usually they try to get guys to go to their left hand. As yeah. A, so right? he, he, like, he, you know, he's the strength that throws you off. Yeah. So he, you know, he's just, he just knows how to play. I mean, I wish I, I wish I could bottle up the secret, but he just knows how to play. He knows how to play in fast pace. He knows how to play at half court. You know, he's got a, a more than respectable three point shot. He can finish in the paint. He can bump you off and he finishes at the basket with the best of them. So, you know what? He's, he is a very, very good, very good player. And I, my scouting, well, t- my scouting instincts tell me why he slipped in the draw. Well, he didn't slip. Why he would fall to the second round, I believe, in the draft. Mm-hmm. However, when you put him on the floor, you know, you say, "Oh, this guy knows how to play." He 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 is the you know he's in today's game, in especially he's the perfect guard. I mean, because he knows how to take advantage of how the game is played today. Because he is a scoring lead guard. And you need those guys who can play downhill, who puts pressure on the defense. He's a more than adequate passer. And he's just better at everything than you think because he doesn't stand out, you know, physically in any given area. However, when you put the combination together, you go, we got something special here. We got all the ingredients that's necessary to win and win at a high level. So it's I understand why, you know, he's so important. Why Steve Kerr and Coach Kerr and all those guys pointed him out as a leader because of what he provides, especially. And you know what? As good as he is in the NBA game, he's probably even better in the international game because that's my, there's that's more emphasis. Thought. Yeah, there's more emphasis on scoring, especially from the league opposition. You can't have a guard who can't score. So he's uh, very valuable to this team, and he's going to be a big part of it if they are able to win and 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 win the gold medal. There was a lot of like scuttlebutt that happened when the team was put together and people were talking. There's always politics involved with any of these things, but people were talking about brand politics where there were certain guys, Nike guys that were going to get, you know, the tip of the cap and they may get the opportunity over an Adidas guy or an Under Armour guy or something like that. But is there anyone that isn't on this team, not because of that, but just because of their talent that you kind of wish you, you wanted to see them in this environment. I mean, we can talk about Anthony Edwards here in a second because he is an Adidas guy on this team and he is flourishing so far. But is it a Cade Cunningham? Is it a LaMelo Ball? Is it a John yep, Moran? Yep. Zion Williamson? I feel like those are the names that kind of come to the forefront when you think about guys you wish were. Yeah, well, th- there were a couple guys that I wanted to see and, I, and, I, and for whatever reason. But I understand if I were the Detroit Pistons, Cade Cunningham, because he's coming back from injury. I understand why they didn't you want to take him the out. risk. Yeah, and he got the invite. Out. He could have been on the team. Yeah, K. Cunningham, for sure, with his size and the way he plays. I mean, big athletic guard who could look over the defense. 
And, you know, you talk about more as he wants. Yeah. Versatility. You know, he he's the you know, he's the prototypical player that you want to play in international play. And then and there's another kid I really wanted to see play. Um, Evan Mobley. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to see because when you look at Jaron Jackson and I go, God, Jaron Jackson and Evan Mobley, not take away anything from the players that are currently there. That's a that's a combination to shot block and do all the things. So you could see Jaron Jackson is clearly the anchor of this team on the defensive end. And, you know, Bobby Portis and those guys provide toughness and all the other things they're going to do. But I would have loved to have seen Evan Evan Mobley participate in international play because of his age, being able to play. I think the style, I think he would fit in. Very coachable kid. And I think he's going to be one of the great young talents in the NBA. So, but there's a number of guys you could stay, but those two in particular, I kind of wanted to see how they stacked up against all of the, you know, best players in the world. And uh, th- this is always a great place to evaluate players, especially uh, as they're starting off their career and, and who they're going to be and what's their impact going to be in the, you know, for the rest of their career. Yeah, I like that pick. I think Mobley would have been great. And it's also one of the cheat codes of international basketball. If you have a five man who can get the rebound and start the break himself, you're already kind of in plus position. And I think that Mobley is one of those guys that you could do that. He has the versatility. He also could play the four next to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. So, I mean, those two guys at the four and the five, you talk about that rim protection, that that would be elite. I do like Kessler um, behind Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he provides some rim protection, but yeah, uh, yep. Mobley Mobley's a, a really good pick. Uh, what about John Moran? I mean, what what would John Moran be able to do in this type of environment? I That's the one that I, you know, even Brunson, I love the leadership and I understand why he's the point guard and he's the leader of this team, but just the pure talent of a John Morant I just think that would be fascinating in the FIBA game, almost like what Westbrook was early on. Yeah, you, you know, the, the, the difference is, is when you have a player who is as ball dominant as John Morant, it's a different game, right? The, Same with Trey Young, right? That's kind of the argument why those guys aren't on the team because they are special and talented and unique, but they also, the FIBA game isn't the same as the NBA game. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 interesting because you need size and you have to be able to score. And and the way John Moran scores is more you have to give him space, isolation, allow him to kind of control the tempo of the game. You have a shortened game over there. And you know, you you mentioned him to Westbrook. Well, you know, when Westbrook first came into the league, he was he was actually a defensive player before his offense caught up. Mm-hmm. So defensively, you just put him was, full court. He, he just picks yeah, up that full court. Yeah, he was really special on the defensive end because of his size. He's a little bigger than John Morant. You know, John Morant would be a terrific player. You know, any any of these guys would be terrific. However, you know the the guys in international play they've improved. The guard play has really improved. And if you're going to have an advantage, you want to have size and athleticism. Okay, smaller smaller guards. You know, you have to be a more of a shooter, right? You want to have a Steph Curry. You want to have guys who can right. actually, yeah, the, who could. And that's not John Morant's game, okay? The game is a little bit more physical over there. So I wouldn't, and and these guys can goaltend or, you know, they it's different rim protection. Suddenly now Rudy Gobert doesn't have to get to the weak side. He can stand right there. So you take away a large part of their game when they play an international play because of the ability to stand play zone and the way they play, the way they defend. So, you know, 
those guys are effective, but they're not as effective as they are in, in the NBA style because of the way you can defend the basket. You know, actually, the, the defense now doesn't have to shift. They can just set up and Rudy Gobert and these guys can just camp out right in the middle of the lane. OK, so that's a huge that's a huge difference than when we have to how we have to defend here in the NBA. So but again, you have to have the balance, strike a balance and. And look, I, I think he would be terrific talking about John Morant. However, you know, I, I, I would favor guys who play within a two second, three second rule, meaning, you know, you got to make quick decisions. Right. Because the defense can just load up on you in international play. And I think that is one of the major is there's a lot of differences, but I think that is the major difference. You have to play and make quicker decisions than you traditionally see in the NBA. Hmm. Yeah, and John Moran, I mean, he's obviously extremely talented, but I, those are some very valid points there. Also, LaMelo Ball is the other one that I thought would be great in international basketball because of his size, because of his shooting. And I think LaMelo, uh, you know, he's the king of a hockey assist, right? So the ball does move quickly with him. He spreads the ball around the perimeter. But those are just some names that were, you know, right. mine. Mm -hmm. um, how much are we going to miss in this tournament the fact that Greece will not have Giannis, Jokic will not be playing for Serbia, um, Jamal Murray now not playing for Canada. Is, is it going to feel like we're missing some of our biggest stars in this tournament? And it's funny because none of them are American. Well, you know, you, you could just see, like, say, like we started off earlier in the conversation, the best players now are from abroad. I mean, that's just what it is. And, you know, it's unfortunate these players are not playing. But I understand why they're not playing, especially, you know, someone like Jamal Murray, right? He's coming off an ACL just, uh, you know, a year ago. He had a long season, you know, sh shout out to him and the Denver Nuggets. They were crowned NBA champions this year, uh, this past season. And I understand why he needs to rest and get themselves ready to try to defend um, because they got a long road ahead of them, like every NBA player does coming up. So I, I get it. I understand it. Long summers, short off season. That's not a good combination. But we love to see our players play, right? We love to see. Well, this is the time ups. that Canada would have had probably the best backcourt in the tournament. You know what I mean? When you talk about well, regardless, Kansas, regardless of who Jamal yeah. Murray is, and 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 S was it SGA or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Remember. SGA <laughs> is just like I can't keep with all these nicknames <laughs> these guys have now. But that is a. That's an incredible backcourt, right? And right. I don't, I don't get, I don't, I don't Dude, care. Size. Regardless, yeah, you got size, you can score. I mean, that's 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 a that's a sixty plus. That's a sixty plus backcourt just from scoring. Not alone. That's not even talking about the assists, rebounds. Both of them, you know, good, great size. So that's a that's a woo. That's a tough backcourt to, to have to defend. But you know what? Uh, hopefully, we will see that because I was kind of excited to see that matchup you know for those guys but i again i understand especially for jamal murray i i definitely understand there's a lot of basketball he just played but man that's a that's a what what, what do you guys like to say that's scary what do you call it scary scary yeah yeah, yeah that that's <laughs> uh, you know my generation say that's tough that's tough i gotta give that respect you know what i mean like i don't care you know it's like what sometimes you'll see these things you'll be like Regardless of generation, you're like that's pretty tough right there. That's that's a, that's a tough backcourt right there. I, yeah. I, I kind of like that. I was excited to watch that backcourt. I'm excited to watch Germany. I think Schroeder. I think Franz Wagner. I think those two guys are going to be fun in this tournament to watch. 
Um, Spain will be good. Uh, France, as you mentioned. I mean, I wish right. Wimby was playing. Did you see Wimby's new haircut? Does that worry you? Are you a little? Yeah, I that? saw that. I didn't know what to think of that. Tate, I, I figured. I didn't he, either. That, did that he was get to your it. barber? He didn't come to my barber to get yeah, that haircut, that, but I figured he must have. Uh, been hanging out with Jeremy Sohan, obviously, which is good for team yeah, building. Yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking now. It's giving you know, Robin it, vibes. You know, it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I, I remember a client said this some years back, and and we were talking about. I don't know how we got on this. You know, you start talking to your clients, you just talk, you run out of things to talk about, so you start talking about different things. <laughs> so we start talking about haircuts of all things, uh-huh. and he was like. You know, he's like, B, how, how, how did you notice that? I was like, notice what? Like, okay, you know, Tate has a haircut style. I have a haircut style. And and I was just like interested that the styles were because I was like, how long does it take to get your hair, you know, in these different styles that are like, you know, that guys are doing it. I was like, God, it just seems like a lot of, you know, I, I want to have my hair. Yeah, yeah, it just seems it. It was like so. Anyway, we were talking about this, and I just said, "What is style like? How do you come up with these styles? And like, what's the time? Like, what's the timeline? Like, I just want to get up, do my thing, and keep it moving, right? I, I, I take two or three showers a day after workout in the morning, workout after the game. You know, like take like I don't want to spend an hour in the mirror messing around. But these guys have like. I was just kind of yeah. It takes time, and 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 by the way, you're sweating all the time, right? So you know, I just wanted to, you know, I'm an older guy, so I'm allowed to ask these questions. So he said to me, he was like, "Oh, that tells everything about the player. They that tells like who's working on the game and who's not." And he just kind of said it, and I didn't say anything, but I let it, I I let it marinate for like two or three weeks, and I started like looking going into games instead of looking at the game. I started looking at here. I was like, okay. If you have a hairstyle that you that you have to take two or three hours to do, that take that's two or three hours that you can't work on your game. And it started to make sense. And I had like one of my, you know, one of my moments. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So then I went back with the follow-up question. Well, what does that mean? Mm. <laughs> like, like, you can't just quit everybody. He was like, Yeah, if you see someone with different hairstyles. You know, that, that just means, you know, maybe they're not as serious with their game. And I was like, oh, and there was a player this summer, one of my favorite players, who shall remain nameless. He cut his hair this summer. And I thought, wow, does that mean he's ready to have a breakout year? <laughs> and then, and then it's funny you asking this question. And I saw Wimby and I thought, is he screwing around? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, according to my sources. Now, I'm not yeah, saying right. my source is right. You know what right, I mean? Right. Because, you know, no, I, you know, does, you know I'm a eyebrow. You know what I mean? Where you're. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're and, and maybe, listen, he's and a young he kid. Time. He's a young kid, right? He's supposed to have fun. And that's what it's all about, right? We've all been there. We've all had the trendy styles, right? right you know, right, you right. go, you know, I don't but think that I didn't have fun too. We're not dealing with Tim Duncan here, is what we figured out with this. Well, well, I will say this. You know, we can't forget this. Tim Duncan went to school for four years. Mm-hmm. Wimby is just, you know, he should really be in his freshman year. Okay. So that's the difference. I, we'll get there. We're all going to get there, right? You, I got photos of me, believe it or not, Tate, with some 
different hairstyles, right? I had my, I went through my big daddy cane, high top fade face. You know what I mean? Like we all do it. Uh, but it was interesting because I just didn't expect that from him. But it was, and then I start thinking to myself, he's a kid. He's supposed to. So I don't want to read too much into it. But it did. It caught me off guard, though. It did catch me off guard. But it doesn't mean anything. It it doesn't mean anything at all. But it also it does. You know, it got my attention, so I had to ask. And I think it is. You know, like you said, sometimes you read too much into little things. But sometimes, you know, they they say things. It did, so, it, 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 the, the purple kind of hit me by surprise. It just right. I wasn't expecting it. I just. The but blonde the kid, with the, the purple love Rodman, though, like these young Gen Z kids, like they Dennis Rodman has like a different level of uh, impact on them for some reason. They like the mystique of Dennis Rodman. Like it, it's almost oh, like they're an obsession with like a wrestling character, right? It's not even well. Not I, I mean, person, Dennis personality. It's I'm gonna tell you, Dennis, have an opportunity to play against Dennis because you, you you know, weren't in you weren't in Chicago when Dennis. No, played. I wasn't there, but having the opportunity to play against him for many years, right? The one thing I would say about Dennis was that was just the distract. It's almost like don't get distracted by the hair and all of the things, mm-hmm. you know, the tattoos, the painting of the, they, he was doing those to distract you from what he truly was. He was truly a very good basketball player. Great rebounder. Well, I don't know if he's a great rebounder in the sense, like I think of like rebounding because he did it in a non-traditional way, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't the biggest guy on the floor, right? He he would tip the ball to himself, right? Chase down loose balls, yeah. He I was mean, very pers- he was very persistent, yeah. And the thing about him that made him so special was not the first effort; it was his second and third effort were were just as good or arguably better than the first effort. Yeah, his second jump was better than his first jump. Yes. And and you forget how good of a basketball player he was. Like we just talk about the rebounding, and you know now we're talking about his hair. But for those who for, for those of us who played against him, he was a really good basketball player. Okay, yeah, and and, and, and he chose not to score, but he could score. <laughs> he loved the stat line where it's like zero points, points. two assists, twenty three rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I hope that they. I hope that Gen Z or Gen whatever, I hope that they love Dennis Rodman because he was a really good player. Or are they distracted by just <laughs> yeah, what think, it looked like? I think they like the lifestyle a little bit too. Yeah. yeah, because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, as talented as he was on the court, he also had another talent. Some of us don't need sleep to perform at that game. Now, Dennis Rodman could perform regardless what he was doing off the court. That's a gift. That's a talent. You don't learn that. You don't work on that part of your game. Either you have it or you don't. And let me tell you something. I'm still on one hand to find that many players who could perform at 7.30 after doing what these young, they were young men back then, what they were doing. Because not many of us could perform at that level, elite level, night after night after night. I'm still on one hand tape to find, and I've, 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 I've played in the league a few years, and I saw I had a lot of teammates. Not many could do what Dennis Rodman could do on the court and off the court and still perform at that level. So Gen Z, is that who we're talking to here? 
I think so. I think that's their gin. Hey, yeah. hey, just, <laughs> hey, 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 know your role and know what you're good at. <laughs> right. He was a he was a rare individual. Trust me on that. He was rare. Not because he was a good rebounder. Yeah, he was a good rebounder. He was a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but he was special off the court. <laughs> and I mean that with the utmost respect. Yeah, you said that that was the mantra. That was the motto always. You go hard on the court, just as hard as you go off the court. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, then, and then you try to work the two together in, in the best conjunction you can. And some can hang. Yeah. Some cannot hang, and Dennis hey. Rodman could hang, and that's why I tapped out like, early. <laughs> I tapped out early in that game. Okay, I, I I knew my role and I knew what I was good at, you know, and uh, you know, I I I had to I had to figure out what I was good at and what I wasn't good at, and that part of it, hey, Dennis had me beat every day of the week. Yeah, I love uh, I love the Robin stories. I saw John Sally was telling a story about uh, when they were playing Alonzo Mourning, and uh, he had Dennis was trying to act like he was flirting with Alonzo Mourning, and then Alonzo checked out of the game, and he was like, "You're sick, man. You're sick. You're a sick individual." <laughs> yeah, we could have a whole. You know, I I you know what I have so much respect for. I have much respect for just the game and people. Whatever your preparation is for the game. It really doesn't matter to me. You know, some guys like to read. Some guys like to be quiet. Some guys like to, you know, listen to music. Dennis' preparation for the game, it's legendary. And you know what? But he performed. And that's all that matters. And that's what I respect. You know, that's what I love about, about the game is you see everyone has a different way to get to the space they need to be in, right? And the ultimate space is performance. And however you get there, you get there. And, um, but yeah, we could talk about Dennis all day. Yeah, it's always the best. I did want to ask you uh, to, to indulge me with a little story time before I let you go. I appreciate the Team USA thoughts. I'm excited uh, for them to actually get going. Their last showcase is against Germany on August 20th. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun game. Excited to watch that one. One of the stories that you told me, there, there's been a lot of, you know, obviously uh, during the August, the dog days of summer, nobody knows what to talk about in sports. So I saw Stephen A. was circulating the other day talking about how he told LeBron's camp that he's the second greatest player of all time and that that should be a compliment, not a this and this whole thing, but you played with what you know Stephen A. and a lot of people considered to be the number mm-hmm. one guy, and there was a lot of stories going about um, how he came back to basketball from baseball, and you know, and I've heard your story b- b- before about this, and I just wanted to to talk through that today uh, or share your story because it is right. a fascinating story. So in 1995, you're an NBA All Star. Scottie Pippen is, you know, you guys are, are balling out. You guys are about to make a run for the playoffs. Michael Jordan's playing for the White Sox. And and at the time, you know, Reinsdorf owns both teams, uh, but Jordan's coming to the facility and he's wearing a suit because he's a baseball player. And then what happens? Because I, I see a lot of this story going around about how Michael ended up going back to basketball. And I, I always go back to the story that you told me once upon a time. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I you know what I really wish would happen? I wish Jordan would just tell all of these stories in first person so that <laughs> so you don't have to get asked about them, Right. Well, you know, you had to get asked about them. But, you know, there are certain things, Tate, that you value, right? And I value, like, I value our friendship. You and I talk and we, and there are certain things that make our friendship work, right? And it's, and it's always built on trust, right? right? If Tate shares something with me professionally or he shares something with me privately, that's between Tate and I. 
And that's what's always hard for me about storytelling. Some people are great at, at telling stories. Like Jeff T. We, we see Jeff T. Yeah, tell, yeah, yeah. Like, like, incredible. you know, shout out to Jeff T. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> even know he was a storyteller, but they're, 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 they're hilarious. Right. But when you're telling stories, you're betraying the friendship that you have with someone on right. certain, uh, on some level. Right. You know what I mean? And maybe they are maybe something that happened out in public for everybody to see and you share it. But there's other things that are private. So especially with Michael, right? You know, like. I just saw people talking about how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all this misconstrued. Maybe that's maybe that's what we do. We just put out a PSA that Michael needs to tell these stories first. Yeah, it's like the last day. I I just wish (laughs) just put a camera in front of him and say, you tell all the stories you want to share and then we can move on that, that way. Because there's so many stories, right? There's, and here's the thing about it is the one thing about that Bulls team that I will say before, you know, answering your question is for the most part, all of the stuff that happened with the team just kind of remained with the team, right? There's been a few guys that have kind of come out and said a few things here and there. But it's like it was very in-house for that Bulls team. It, it, it's interesting because none of us have really we've kind of kept everything in-house. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's it's been interesting. You know, like we got the he's arguably one of the most famous people ever, Jordan. But it's all kind of just stayed in the house. Right. You know, there's a lot been said about you know, you know, the owner and the GM and the head coach and, but it's all kind of like, everyone's kind of like, okay. And no one really knows about this team. You know, like I wish, like, I really, I saw the, I saw like the, the Lakers. legend grows because people don't but, know. Yeah. Like I saw the Lakers do this and I thought, God, that would be really cool if we did it. Like the Lakers got their old team together. One of those teams, the championship teams they had out there and they went to Hawaii and they had like a get together and Pat Riley was there and Magic and Kareem. And I thought, God, that'd be really cool. But how cool would it be if like Jordan and all of us kind of got together? And I was like, no, that would be kind of cool. There would be some great stories because there's a lot of stuff that happened. I'm sure on every team, there's a lot of stuff that happened that, you know, it'd be nice to revisit those times, you know? Uh, I think that's yeah, a good idea. I, yeah, but, but here's the thing. I, I just wish Jordan... Come out with the, come out with the first dance. You know, you call this one the last dance. Come out the first dance and just say everything you need to say, and then let's move on. You know what I mean? Let's move on so that we don't have to talk about who's what. Just say it because those were good times. I mean, believe it or not, those were good times. I mean, tell you, you know, you know, it's like I always like to say, it's the NBA. Everyone has a run, and that was a great run. That was a great run. That was a great run. And and the guys who want to talk about it, talk about it. You know what I mean? It's a great run that it's like uh, in the, I saw like, that's what I was saying. On all these shows, they're talking about Jordan versus LeBron right now. And and there's different stories that are coming out. And, you know, who's the best, who's the greatest. Yeah, yeah, next time you have me on, we'll talk about that. But (laughs) I'm going to get to this. I'll get to this. So, you know, MJ, the one thing about him, and again, I would love for him to say it. I don't want to speak for him. One thing I will say about him is that he was a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, as we all could see. Had a work ethic, you know, and all those things. But his attention to detail 
was like incredible because he wanted to know not only what he was doing, what his defender was doing. He wanted to know what you were doing, (laughs) what your defender was doing. He wanted to know what the coaches on the other side was doing. He wanted to know what our coaches and he would, he could take all of this information and process it, the information. So during, during his time away from the game, we were always talking about the game. When he first left, we had an incredible season, right? We were having a great season, Scotty, blah, blah, blah. And then when he came back, he still wanted to know, like, what was the game plan? What were you guys trying to do? What did what's the name do after his second dribble? And he was talking as if he was still playing. And that's when I thought, oh, wow, he's still watching not just the game. He's still watching the game. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's that's interesting because I I just took him at his word. Like, OK, I'm retiring and that was it. But I started to realize the questions, you know, I would get a call. Beach, call me after the game. And then he wanted to know what was the play called at two forty seven at the timeout in the in the third quarter. Like what did like so I was like, oh, this guy is still watching the game. So we just started talking, and I just kind of took it as, you know, like listen, when you retire from the game, you don't just shut it off. That's it's really hard for me, even though I've been retired now for twenty something years. It's hard to take your mind off of it. I still it's hard for me to go to the game grab a bag of popcorn and just sit there. I have to like, oh. This is what they're doing. Yeah, this is what they're doing. This is why they're doing it. Good substitution. Oh, man, I didn't understand that substitution. And then I have to play that game with myself. Am I right or am I wrong? Okay. Oh, wow. Maybe that's why that guy gets paid 20 million and I'm sitting here in the stands because he knows what he's doing and I don't. Okay. So I began to realize that. And then suddenly I realized that it, it wasn't off. And that's the one thing for us who know him. The, 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 it's not like he turns it on to be Jordan when the lights come on. He's really like this every single time. Like, he's competitive every moment of the day. It's not like sometimes he's competitive or sometimes he practices hard or sometimes. It's like, that's who he really is. And people are like, oh, man, nobody could do that. Yeah, well... Like you said, there's a rare, there's a rare group. Yeah, there, there's some people. There's sometimes you'll see something in life you don't see. Well, let me tell you something. He's really like that, mm-hmm. and we're just giving. And, and because I don't want to sound like, like I'm crazy, <laughs> I'm giving you the the toned down version of what he's really like. Like he truly. We missed the best part of Jordan because we didn't tape his practices. That's where he was. Incredible. Like, yeah, he was phenomenal at the game. And he should be, people should argue who was the greatest game. Yeah, based on what we all saw and ability to perform and championships and all those things. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, like, I saw something I've never seen. None of us know what we saw. Because when you talk to guys who play with, when we talk about it, everyone's like, yeah, that was kind of crazy, wasn't it? Like, there's no one that should be able to perform like that. Yeah. Every single day in practice. Not the game. The games were 82. He did this every day in practice. Okay. He performed with this level of intensity and brought that energy every single day. 
And the things he did in practice because he was experimenting were just simply incredible. We didn't see, we haven't seen the best player because we have we don't have that footage of how as great as he was in the game, and he was simply incredible. There were some things that I saw in practice that no one should be, no one could do. And he did this every single day. He brought that every day. He played 35, 40 minutes. The next day in practice, you'd think, oh man, okay, those, those guys are going to be, you know, they won't have good energy. In it. And he would somehow figure out how to be good that next day. And he would practice with that energy every day. He would win every drill every day. And we were trying. These were professional athletes. These weren't like, wasn't like everyone was just like, well, Jordan is here. Let's just see who can finish second. No, we were like every day, you know, somebody would, you know, every day you could raise your level or whatever. You know what I mean? You would have your moment. And he would meet that challenge every day. It was just incredible to watch. So coming back to for him, I just, I think it was a matter of when it was going to happen, not if. I appreciate you coming on the show, BJ. We could talk all day. Oh, yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. No, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, we got to get it again. But yeah, let's get, let's, I want you to be the uh, producer of the first dance. You know, they got the last dance. Now you're the, you're the producer. I'm, I'm nominating you as the first producer. Take it in any direction and, uh, you know, give the people what they want. Get Jason Hare back on it, and uh, that's our guy. We'll get him to come in and direct it again. We'll get the iPad. <laughs> we'll do the whole thing. We'll make it work. Uh, BJ, Jason, if you're listening, if, if you're listening, Jason, just get the practice tape. That's all I want. Just get the practice tapes. Somebody has it. Somebody has that tape somewhere. At least one practice. We got to see it. Uh, BJ Armstrong, thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, we'll definitely have you back. And hopefully, Team USA uh, shocks the world. And for the first time ever, I feel like shocking the world is the USA winning in basketball. So that's uh, that's the world we live in now. But thanks again for coming on the show, and we'll have you back. All right, Tate, thanks. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There we have it. Uh, BJ Armstrong always comes on the show, and he's always got uh, some big picture, old head basketball takes. I think my my best case scenario is that I have BJ come on, and I bring like Jamal Crawford on, and it's like old head, young head, and then we decide like what the actual final decision is on some of these basketball things because the argument continues. Uh, it'll never end if it literally boils down to LeBron versus Jordan in every situation in basketball, and it it it's funny. I laugh at it, but sometimes you get caught in the crossfires and you're like, wait, are we seriously having this conversation? And that's what happens in this world. But uh, thanks to BJ. Love having him on. We'll have him back. We'll talk about 
what's happening in the FIBA World Cup. And uh, BJ is always a, a good resource in that sense. Um, let's do some shout outs, Kyle, because we got to get out of here. Uh, it is Wednesday on the day that we're recording. I know you're listening on a Thursday, but we're getting to uh, the time where Kyle needs to go to the Frolic Room. And uh, first and foremost, I want to shout out the Frolic Room because you're back, Kyle, and I'm sure that they missed you there. Um, I hope that you're able to get there very soon. Get get to see Troy and all the boys and uh, have a great time. We saw some fans on Twitter reaching out. That the, the Frolic Room has become like a, a tourist destination. It's like for, an Easter egg. It's like an yeah, LA right. Easter egg or something. People just come out here and they go to the Frolic Room and then they tweet at Kyle. So uh, I thought that was great to see. I love to see it. It's got to be good for business. Yeah, shout out to the guy who went like three weeks ago and Blade, who the other bartender, was like, you know a guy named like, Jordan or something I was like no and he's like well he just paid for your next six beers and he left me an awesome tip so thank you to Jordan who stopped in a couple weeks ago I haven't I haven't got to cash in on those yet but soon Michael Jordan came to the frolic room and got you six beers what a Michael great Jordan's guy. namesake sounds like I don't know he's the greatest the greatest fan of all time he's he's the go fan I love anyone named Jordan so uh if you're named Jordan I respect it uh love to hear that love to hear that the people are are taking care of each other um, next shout out for me, shout out to Louisville, um, uh, put your L's up because there's another L Trenton flowers who, if you saw the video, he tried, he put out a video where he's like acting like he's going to dunk from the free throw line, but he pulls up uh short and kind of like runs into the wall awkwardly. And it was supposed to be like a TikTok funny trend or whatever. But anyways, two days later, he announces that he is going to go play for the Adelaide 36ers, which is not the Louisville Cardinals. Um, so he's going to go be playing in Australia professionally. He then went on a show and said that Kenny Payne, head coach, um, spelled P-A-I-N in this case, uh, of the Louisville Cardinals, had not returned his text and phone calls, and he had called him seven times. Mm. So um, there is uh, all types of scuttlebutt and drama and whatever you want to call it coming out of this situation. But one, I wanted to shout out Kenny Payne because – I do like the idea that he's like, if this kid's not with us, I never want to talk to him again. It's a very, it's a very bold move, but I almost respect it. Or it's a really bad look for Kenny Payne where he doesn't even text uh, or check his messages or his phone. That would be worst case scenario. But uh, our guy, Eamon Brennan, wrote all about this. Uh, he, taught, he wrote about the expectations for Louisville fans this year. Um, I think they expect pain um, and, and not the good kind. So uh, Kenny Payne, Wanted to give him the shout out. That was a uh, that was a big story that came out uh, in the last couple of days. Also, Dickie V's preseason top twenty five came out. Shout out to Dickie V. He is going through um, procedures right now for his second battle with throat cancer. We're sending him all the thoughts, prayers, love, all of the above. My dad's been texting him um, about this North Carolina team this year, and Dickie V's locked in. He's more locked in than ever, um, despite all the stuff going on. So, uh, Dickie V, if you didn't see it, his preseason number one team is the Kansas Jayhawks. I'm not going to be um, persnickety about this, but I do think that Dickie V should have had Duke number one. Um, Duke should be number one. And in fact, when I put out my OSP preseason top 25, I can guarantee you one thing. The Duke Blue Devils will be preseason number one. That is what they do. They are preseason number one. Last year, North Carolina took the mantle from them and they just completely shit the bed. That is what Duke is supposed to do. I'm putting them back in their rightful spot. Kansas, I think you have a better basketball team, but that's not what preseason rankings are for. It's for brand plays. Um, and Dickie V, I like the top 25. It was a very real top 25, but also at the same time, Duke should have been number one. Um, shout out to John Calipari and DeMarcus Cousins. There is a full court press happening via Stephen A. Smith and the Kentucky powers that be to get DeMarcus Cousins back in the NBA. I'm a big Boogie fan. I'm a fan of anyone named Boogie. It's just a great nickname. 
Um, and I like the idea of Boogie being back in the NBA. Why not? John Calipari said he'd be a top five center in the game right now. Stephen oh. echoed that sentiment. We have some of the best. The MVP is a center, and the guy who just won finals MVP is a center. So we have some really good centers in basketball. <laughs> But it sounds like Boogie could be top five if he comes back in the league. So, again, shout out to them. Uh, that's all great stuff. Kyle, I know you were going to Google some headlines. What is happening in the world of college basketball via the spun? Uh, oh, I actually got you, but I've arranged my tabs in most interesting to least interesting. So we will get there. I promise you. Um, just this one was just uh, it's a Rick Pitino quote. I was I was looking up. Uh, there's, there's several you know, high-profile coaches in uh, both football and basketball speaking about conference realignment. I just liked uh, Patino's tweet. He's my guy, so I'm going to read it. I was trying to read what Chip Kelly said, but the athletic upped their price to like $2 instead of a dollar. I have I a subscription. Okay. What happened What happened to the McDouble, man? It's $3 now. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, uh, here's what Patino said about 10 days ago. Doesn't it make more sense for football to break away uh, to separate leagues and just allow the rest of sports to compete regionally. Rivalries remain in minor sports. Don't spend half their day looking for bad food at airport restaurants. And don't I know what that's like? Mm. So, and Chip Kelly was basically just echoing stuff. But I just like, you know, and Chip Kelly is one of the guys who jumped, you know what I mean? Uh, well, at least whose schools jumped to conferences. So I just like that the the uh, the heavy hitters aren't aren't being quiet. So that's good. It's also a very fair point, and uh, I saw The Athletic did a whole thing about how all the college basketball coaches are getting together, and they're basically saying if Notre Dame can play football independently and everything else be in the ACC, right. why would every I think. football team be independent and everything else be in the normal conference? That would make too much sense. That, that's really what it comes down to, and it doesn't make enough dollars and cents. And that's what it also comes down to because we know what this is. This is all about money. Duh. Yeah, TV Every deals. single time, it always comes down to money. And Rick Pitino's right. Chip Kelly's right. Um, you could probably go ask a seventh grader and they would say, you know what would be great? Uh, the Olympic model for college sports. And you know, <laughs> like, people know, but the, the, the fact is that people don't care. And the people that have power don't care, as we all know. So uh, shout out to Rick Pitino. He's fighting the good fight. We love to yeah. see it. Shout out to Awful Announcing and Trilly Donovan. He basically just confirmed he's going to be, uh, you know, for for everyone who doesn't remember, he was doing all the scoops for the transfer portal and, and other stuff leading up to it and, and before and after the tournament. So he uh, was talking to somebody from The Athletic who uh, I'm not going to name because they won't let me read their stuff for free. He said, I got to be careful because one of the it's one of those things where it's not like nothing's going to incriminate me or anything like that a lot of this is just about keeping it anonymous keeping the mystique behind it is important so i guess that way you don't get shit on for bad scoops so i don't know if i can really get into exactly what i do but i'm in a position and all the people involved are in a position where we're able to get some information before some other people and that's probably all i'll say about that so truly donovan way to say nothing but say a lot at the same time yeah i saw that he got a full feature which i don't know who truly donovan is but i do have to respect the game he is uh you know having the the cloak and the ability to be nobody and be invisible and say anything and get away anything with anything i love that i mean the worst thing about my job is i have to play tate frazier that's the worst i wish i was playing a character you know that's why these these barstool guys they got a, they got a great you know you make up some nickname like everyone calls me schlacky and yeah. then that schlacky shitty take, not your <laughs> government name. You know what I mean? So it's good to have some sort of veil in the world of sports media, especially today. So shout out to Chili Donovan. 
I'm guessing he's a Florida fan or he works for Florida or he did he's work. He's definitely biased and a bit of a hater at times, right? I mean, <laughs> bit of a hater. He definitely does not like North Carolina. I, I don't know where that comes from, but maybe. But look, let's be honest with it. Billy Donovan and Roy Williams don't like each other. Um, there's a there's a long history there between it started with the Mike Miller recruitment way back in the day when Billy Donovan wanted to get Mike Miller and Roy Williams of Kansas wanted to get Mike Miller and uh, bags were dropped. Things were said and, uh, you know, the rest is history. So. I don't know who it is. I honestly thought at one point it was uh, our old co. I thought it could have been Titus, <laughs> really, right? I mean, that's what I thought uh, potentially, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. I have no idea. Um, did they even? I mean, you can't read the article, but I, I mean, he didn't even. He had to talk to somebody. Someone talked to him and knows his voice, unless he did the. Oh, no, 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 no. you know, unless I he guess that. or the like aim style, like uh, chat bots or something. I don't know what's going on. What happens when he opens, like if he start? let's say he goes to threads, you know, let's say, you know, X or whatever it is blows up and then he's got to go to the threads. Threads like takes from your Instagram and then and then contacts get, you know, who knows? There's a lot of hopefully for his sake, he's thought about all these things because he's uh, putting his stock in Tesla right now and hoping he doesn't have to deal, <laughs> deal with this. He does, yeah, he, 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 he wants to be in that box, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. I do like the scoops. The scoops are for free. They're on Twitter um, or X, and he puts it out there. So, and he's been right more than he's been wrong. He might have might have been right pretty much every time. So he obviously knows the coaches. If anybody's tracking that, I'd love to know what what his uh, what his record is. Yeah, and if you think you know who it is and you want to come on the show and guess, I mean, why not? I mean, I'll play the game. Who is he? And I'll and, make up a name and then I'll just say who people think it is, and then that way nobody's at fault because I'm I'm Swifty or whatever. I'm not <laughs> Yeah, right. Just make up a nickname and you'll be fine. Um, that's that's the beauty of the sport. So shout out to Trilly. Uh, all right, what else? What else? This is a good head. This is just a good headline. I like when like some some something happened. Like somebody comes through a town or something, and and um, Curtis was just talking about like um, pumping up obits and stuff. Like how you always say like the the greatest things about uh, something when he when he you know passes away or or even like a company never goes away alive. or something. Like when they're yeah. alive, you never say these nice things. But it's right. Just, so this is just it's not the same, but it, it's this it's still kind of the same thing. This is uh, the Jewish uh, press is uh, is really loving these two teams right now who are in Tel Aviv and as part of some sort of trip. So this is from the Jewish uh, Telegraph, eight telegraphic agency to, to the top two top U.S. college basketball teams are in Israel right now. And those teams would be Arizona and Kansas State. I don't know if they would be top teams, but I guess the the you know, Kansas State was exciting in the tournament. Arizona was was doing pretty well in the uh, in the polling, I guess. But uh, I just thought it was funny there. Like, there's uh, there's a bunch of Jewish. There's this isn't the only one. This is probably one of like seven Jewish headlines I've saw that it was just pumping up Arizona and uh, Kansas State. So they're they're happy to have people in their uh, in their hometown there. So they're just they're pulling out all the stops in there. You would think they were, you know, <laughs> they were in the final four last year. Yeah, but also uh, Bruce Pearl put out a tweet saying that we are not as a country protecting Israel enough. A uh, very political move. So like, there's a lot of college basketball and Israel crossover, uh, crossover right now. <laughs> like, I didn't know we we're gonna have to get geopolitical on the show, but it sounds like that's what our coaches want us to do. Arizona and Kansas State played the same exact team. I think Kansas State beat them uh, by like seven points, and then Arizona won by like thirty points. Um, and not that you should read much into these scrimmages that happen overseas, but in general, I learned a valuable lesson last year about Arizona. <laughs> yeah, you um, did. I, I was all in on Arizona. I thought they were going to win the championship. I watched them in Maui. They had all the talent in the world. Balo's hand was a big issue. Kirk Kreese had taken terrible shots was a big issue. I was worried about that. But Bill Simmons, one of his greatest predictions of all time, 
I mean, he just said, I just think Princeton nah. beat <laughs> Gotta like it. <laughs> Team Princeton all year said, so, yeah, I just think Princeton beats those guys. And uh, yeah, so Arizona, I can't really jump on the bandwagon this year, even though it sounds like Israel is. Um, Kansas Israel's State, all in. Yeah, they they won the Hearts of America. So it sounds like they have America and Israel at this point. So uh, good for Jerome Tang. And I like the headlines. That's good. It's good for international relations. Good. This is a quick one. Uh, now, just with the new conference realignments, there's analysts making predictions on the next uh, good rivalries. So this analyst from CBS Sports predicts that Kansas and Arizona is going to be the next must-see TV rivalry. I don't really know what anybody thinks about that, but I think uh, it, I think it's exciting that people get to just be like, all right, now we'll, let's make some new rivalries right now. Yeah, I like that. Also, um, I think the best rivalry, that's a Big 12 rivalry, right? Arizona will be in the Big 12. They'll right. play this Big 12 is trying to say that they're also a basketball conference. So tip of the cap, respect the Big 12. The Big 10 is going to have probably my favorite new rivalry. And I, I think on that same article, they had UCLA, Indiana. They were close, but it's not right. The real rivalry that's about to happen is Purdue versus UCLA. Um, Purdue is John Wooden Central. They have a John Wooden statue. UCLA is John Wooden Central. They have a statue. Uh, if you haven't been to Indiana, pretty much every city has a statue of John Wooden. That's what I learned when I drove through that state. Um, so now we have uh, the alma mater versus the school that he made into a dynasty. They're going to play each other in conference. Mick Cronin's final four run started in Mackey Arena with Hep Cronin, his dad, in the crowd watching this magical run from a play-in to the final four. It all started in Mackey Arena. There was John Wooden magic in the air. So I just think Purdue-UCLA is going to be a, a rivalry. It's going to be the Wooden rivalry. I'm going to be locked in on it. You and I are locked in on the Wooden Award. We'll be back at the ceremony. So we're Wooden guys, and I'm part of this new rivalry. I think Arizona-Kansas will be great. Um, you got two blue blood level programs, obviously, but UCLA, Purdue, that's the one I'm locked in on. No shade to Indiana, but I just feel like Mick Cronin's, he, he's kind of like, he's got a Purdue mind, uh, you know, as a basketball coach and him versus Painter, Cronin, Painter, you know, coming out to LA, going to West Lafayette, you know, also could be West LA. Um, but in general, it's going to be a, a matchup there. And uh, that's my new favorite rivalry, Purdue versus UCLA. There you go. Okay, now we're into the juicy stuff because Angel Reese went oh, to the beach with her boo. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's Florida State's Cameron Fletcher, spelled like the Cameron that you know. Yes. Uh, and so they said some nice comments back and forth to each other. And it, the last episode, the last line in this article is Reese even showed off a new tattoo that reads Cameron, tat your name on it so you know it's real. That's nice to see. Uh, so that's from that's not from the spun. That was from an even lesser known place. And then this was just a headline that's hilarious. It says uh, Cleveland guard Hannah White stuns the college basketball world with exotic picks from her Vegas trip. She's, uh, you know, a beautiful girl who went to Vegas, went to slam ball in Vegas, actually. But when I actually had to read, I was like, I don't I feel like I would have seen this girl like, you know, all over the place if she was a college basketball player. It turns out she played six games for Cleveland State in the 20. 2021 season and she averaged 0.7 points per game so she has been out of the game for three years and she posted some photos that looked nice in vegas but and all of a sudden she's a college basketball she shook the college basketball world up when i'm sure nobody really knows who she is but i just i just loved when these websites had to have to run game in the headlines 
I love when the aggregators are a little horny and they're just like, <laughs> go find this girl for, that played college basketball three years ago and then write an article about her, you know, risque photos that she put online. That poor girl, she's like, I'm out of the game. Like, why are you covering me? I don't play college. Well, why basketball. are you covering me as a Cleveland State point guard? Guess, right. You know, and like, then and then you shit on me and you're like, you know, you scored 0.7 points per game. It's like, come on, man. You could. You just said she has 130,000 followers on whatever. Why'd you have to throw that in there? That's that's major shade. Uh, I'm happy for Angel Reese. I like Cameron Fletcher. I also like that. I mean, getting the tattoo is smart because you can always say it's kill a cam, right? Yeah, just throw a little pig flip phone or something in there. My favorite song was Hey Ma when I was in seventh grade. That's why I had the tattoo. It's not about my ex-boyfriend or anything. You can you can move on for that. I like the versatility from Angel Reese. Very smart move, savvy move. Feel bad for the Cleveland State former point guard. It sounds like she got targeted uh, by the aggregators. Pour one out for her. And you mentioned Slam Ball. This is just probably be our final shout out. We're on the right side of history because I don't know if you've seen the Slam Ball Twitter account, but they do not mess around. They have been attacking the haters. They have been taking down the haters. And the fact that you are a mob guy, the fact that I said I like Slam Ball and I watched the first event, um, I think it saved us from attacks. I mean, they, yeah. they, they went at the three-man weave guys. Anyone that's had anything to say, random Twitter guy to famous Twitter guy, they have taken them down and brought them to the mud, and they have won. Um, so, in general... Oh, my God. The mob is 16-0. and 0. Are you kidding me? Are you up. kidding me? I think they were 3-0 and 0 when, I, when I jumped on. Come on. They're 16-0. and 0. I love Slam Ball. I just want that on the record again. Um, Kyle Mann was on the wrong side of history with this one. 100%. I hated that he did that, but uh, we're mob guys until we die. Um, that's just the fact. Everybody Close to Nostra, that. baby. Yeah, and I cannot wait to watch more Slam Ball. It is a great, great sport. This thing of Oz, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, and I'm glad they brought it back because we need all the nostalgia we can get, especially in these times. So uh, shout out to Slam Ball. That's my final shout out. Is that all the headlines we had, Kyle? Is that I'm it? done. That's all we got. I got through six pages. And what I found a great- our Cleveland State friend. Yeah, what a great time. I'm so excited. I, again, apologies if you were coming to the show excited about the special guest who had been dealing with conference realignment. Um, again, that episode will happen at a later date. There were some complications scheduling-wise. We apologize here at OSP. We will be better. We will figure it out. But on Monday, we have an Ooh. old friend of the program I'm very excited about. Michael Lombardi is going to come on the show. Kyle Mann is in Sweden with the rest of the Spotify crew. So we have a free open Monday. Lombardi said, what are you doing? I got a book coming out. I said, you come on the show. You plug that damn book. Um, and he's locked in and ready to do it. So I'm excited. We'll talk to Lombardi about Philadelphia sports, the Sopranos. I'm rewatching the Sopranos again. I'm back. In. This is the third time. I've watched The Sopranos, and every single time, it's like comfort food. It's like chicken parm. You just know it's going to be good, and you're happy to have it. And you know you're going to leave full and satisfied until that, you know, it cuts to black at the end. But we won't talk about that. But Marty uh, will be on the show. I'm excited about that. Kyle, I'm so happy to have you back. It feels real. It feels like OSP is moving in the right direction again. I'm happy. The light is shining on me as I talk about it. So we're all good here. Appreciate everybody listening to One Shining Podcast, and we will see you on Monday. 